it was just so nice to be on a team that was like 100% supportive of everything that everyone did. Like it was it was a really cool room to be in every week. Like even if even if like we were rehearsing and it was just like not going anywhere and Emily was like what are you guys doing? Then we could just like stop and reset and like you know, laugh about it and then sometimes it honestly just turned into us just like talking it out. Like what's going on? What's going on in everyone's lives, you know? Like and that was that was such a nice space to be in. <laughs> everyone, welcome to Comedy Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Kate Siegel. I'm Nikki Irvin, and our guest today is the amazing Anne Yatko. Oh, she's so cool. I feel really lucky that she is a pack person. Me too. <laughs> like, it's fucking wild to me that she is a pack person. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. I, there's a few people that I'm like, oh, I'm so excited for you. Like, it's cool that you're a pack person. And yeah, it's just, you know, that that, that thing like high tides raise all ships? Yes. Yeah, and you kind of just, you, you really hope for the best for everybody. Not... Not only just for them, but for all of us yeah. uh, as a community. Really like getting that the name recognition out there of yeah. like what it is we're doing and why it's so special. Yeah. yeah. And also I feel like when I came here and I started classes at UCB, I got to listen to all the people talk about how they all came up together, right. et cetera, et cetera. And I always felt like, okay, why do I feel like I'm at the end of an era? Because right. I was. Because you were. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's why I, I, that was part of the motivation for switching to the pack was like, I don't want to feel, I want to, I don't want to be somewhere where it feels like everyone's like, ready to quit. I want to be somewhere yeah. where everyone's just getting started. Yeah. Um, and that's what the pack felt like to me. And I really yeah. loved it there. Yeah. Though I, I feel like I'm not at the point where I'm ready to quit so much as like, I'm not as involved as I used to be. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it was something that was very much like for three years was very intensely my like life and my home away from home. Yeah. Girl. Work. Yeah. So I know they had like a showrunners meeting recently of like, Oh, what's, what's to come. Cause they're going to do a lot of changes. They're oh. moving next door into the, Oh, my rib space. Oh, cool. That's yeah. a cool space. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right on. It's cool. The, the model's a little different. It's instead of it being sort of a pay what you can, which meant that, uh, you know, miles and the other founders were having to essentially foot the bill for whatever mm. was, you know, not given in donations for that month. Now it's going to be a, a thing where shows have to, you know, kind of pay pay a rent of like, okay, I'm renting this out for, you know, for the hour. Okay. And uh, they can charge whatever they want. And then so that way some shows can make a profit if they have, oh. if they are typically like a show that would have gotten a lot of money coming in and right. donations. Right. Now they get to keep whatever's like left over. That is exactly how the clubhouse operates. And the very first show my improv team hosted there, we made money. Oh, wow. We, I mean, not a lot, but we each walked away. I mean, whatever the cost of the rent was plus water and beer, we each walked away with like 10 bucks in our pocket. Hey, that's great. It was kind of yeah. dope. We yeah. Like, hey. It was like, Hey, that was our first show. And we just fucking made money off of that. <laughs> yes. How is that possible? <laughs> it was awesome. But so that's a cool model. I'm into that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. And it, I feel like it puts more pressure on the, the showrunners uh, yes. and the performers to like, to like push and promote their show mm-hmm. and think of new ways to get people out to see shows. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know those very small details, which are pretty, I feel like almost common knowledge now. Like okay. That's the direction they're going in. Gotcha. But, 
Yeah. I'm not on Facebook and I feel like I, there is so much that happens in that Facebook, that pack Facebook thread that I'm just like, oh, you know, God. not, not as much anymore. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, I think, okay. I think things have really like calmed, calmed down. down in that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like that, that thread. I'm not gonna lie. is one of the reasons I got off of Facebook because yeah. I couldn't stop myself from engaging with certain things. And I feel like, girl, no, you don't need that. Like just, no, just, just log off. Fucking just, log the fuck off. Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> I don't want to know these people's opinions. <laughs> yeah. Unless, like, they express those opinions in real life. In a conversation yeah. with me, where we get to have, like, a real back and forth, where we're looking at each other in the face. Yeah, and you're getting yeah. context, because mm-hmm. some people have a really hard time yeah. with written communication. Totally. Like, I, I have a very good friend who, like, bless her whole heart, bless her whole... <laughs> bless her whole... Bless her soul heart. heart. <laughs> um, she sort of writes uh, very, like... L- legally like very formally and I think people take that as being condescending but that is literally just how she writes Um, interesting yeah like she and even in person she kind of communicates in a way that's sort of like you get the impression that like she's constantly at an interview oh it's like Greg in um succession oh okay which I haven't you haven't watched it yet oh my god there's this character he's great but he like you know he's not of of the the cream of the crop but he finds himself there and so yeah. he's like constantly putting on airs and the way he <laughs> talks to people is amazing he's like oh is there a doubt afoot like things you would <laughs> never a, a normal human being would never say <laughs> that's great uh, if you haven't watched it yet it's i know it's uh it's on the on the list honestly I think it's also one of the funniest shows on tv right now okay and it's Adam McKay and there's something about like I love I'm really into dramas that are hilarious Uh, you know what I mean that's sort of like I'm like yeah that's what I want I want like a really meaty story that's fucking hilarious so are you then also into the real life drama between Adam McKay and Will Ferrell oh my god yes because I'm I had no idea I had no idea there was I only any know a little. Like I haven't really done the deep dive yet, the like uh-huh. Twitter deep dive yeah. where you like read everybody's half cocked theories about what happened. Yeah. Which is my favorite way to do a deep dive on drama is like <laughs> read every dumb Twitter person's theory on what happened. <laughs> I yes. don't know why. But Adam McKay like kind of talked about it. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was really interesting because he also just made uh isn't the Don't Look Up. Adam yeah. McKay just made Don't Look Up. And somebody talked about on Twitter, like, isn't it interesting? Adam McKay just made this movie that's about like the media role in um creating crises and ignoring crises and all the media wants to talk about is Adam McKay's relationship with Will Ferrell. <gasps> Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's why I like the Twitter deep dives because I'm like, oh, fuck, that's so accurate. Why is the media so obsessed with this other thing right now when he just made this really brilliant movie critiquing the media and how the media basically chases like the shiny ball? Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. Also, why am I so still interested in the Be- beef I between I mean, because them? we, like human beings, love drama. Yes, we do. But do you know what happened? I actually don't. I think it was, uh, the way, I did not do a deep dive on it, but uh, from the impression that I got, that they were working on a film, I'm oh. not sure, uh, details are not my forte, sure, but sure. basically, the thing was that, 
uh, Adam McKay went behind Will Ferrell's back and cast John C. Riley in the sh- in the role that Will Ferrell had wanted and had oh. been like fighting for, and so like that was like what it was, and that Will Ferrell was very upset with Adam McKay, and Adam McKay's like you know fuck you, I can do whatever I, I can cast whoever I want. He was better for it. Yeah, I guess that's that's the impression I got. That is tough, but he was in Boogie Nights, dude. Yes. Like give the man a little respect. Like maybe he deserved that role yeah <laughs> i'm sorry i love john c Riley. i think he's so talented and yeah. i think will ferrell is incredibly talented too i don't mean to like you know but if that's the issue it's like sometimes you gotta like step back and go you know what maybe i was not the right person for that yeah. role yeah but you also have to be a good friend to your friends so you know like yeah that's you know, <laughs> let them down tough. gently at least you know what i yeah, mean like yeah, you gotta you be can. a good friend to your friends yeah yeah well we don't know what happened that's true we don't no know idea we don't know but i do know we were talking earlier about the clubhouse uh just a quick announcement my improv team Ooh. work friends we will be back january 24th i believe i'm Hell very excited yes super excited um when we've we're... got something uh, oh by this point pop culture it will have happened last night and i'm sure it was an amazing show with a packed house it was incredible yeah i'm sure it was <laughs> oh randomly though speaking of pop culture jimmy pardo and daniel koenig were just on comedy bang bang oh yeah. that's lovely uh-huh. oh my gosh daniel koenig who we just had on our podcast so yes. i don't know we're kind of ahead of scott ackerman i'm just gonna say yeah yeah <laughs> also it was really cool i don't know if you saw but jackie cation like we were uh when our episode came she had also done like a bunch of other amazing comedy podcasts. Yes. So it was like, hell yeah, we're so cool. Yeah, we got education <laughs> on our podcast. <laughs> Her album is also still number four on iTunes. Oh my gosh. And number two on so, Spotify or something. So good. Dude. You know who else is amazing? The winner of this month's Kooky Southern Ant Ass Oil by Jackie Johnson of Natch Butte Podcast is Erica Curry. Of the Trashy Trashy podcast. Uh, so congratulations to Erica. Thank you so much for leaving us a review. And next month, uh, or starting in January, we will announce our new raffle for leaving us a review. Prize is going to be awesome. We only give good prizes. Yes. Only good ones. Only good ones. You know who's only a good one? And, and Yakko. Yakko. <laughs> Anna's amazing. She's an actress and comedian and sketch performer and all of that. But she's also an incredible voiceover actor. She voices Raiden Shogun on Genshin Impact, which is a video game, as well as Nabara Kugisaki on the anime Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, you did it. Yeah, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is like, oh, man, it's so cool. You get to voice anime. Also, you're wearing a, the best shirt. It's <laughs> yes. Love me some Sailor Moon so much. Head to rep. Yes. Uh, so much. It's so great to have you here. Thank like, you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I love you guys. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, we love you. And I I feel like I've been a fan of yours uh, since the moment I saw you, which is... <laughs> I think I met you... Wait, did I meet you from Emily Candini's Late Nightmare? Were you writing on that? Yeah, I was yes. writing that. And, and then also, like, we were doing, like, the Monday Night Improv. Yes, Monday Night Improv. Yeah. You were part of... Belligerent. Belligerent, yes. yes. That was also the first place I saw you, because I ran tech on Monday That's nights. right, yeah. yeah. And so I got to watch you do Belligerent, and then, yeah, just, like, a ton of other stuff. Bagency has been so fun to watch. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. Bagency, yes. And the 
big deal, but Anne was one of our Weedle Buds on the Mickey Irvin show slash Happy Sappy Grown Up Hour. <laughs> it's true. I was so grateful to have you and Jess on that. Like, oh, yeah. Because you were perfect and you immediately like picked up on like how to how to do these characters, mm-hmm. these puppets. I know, like we just immediately fell into like, oh, I know what, what personality this is. Yes. And she had exactly what that one was and they like mesh so well. <sighs> it oh, was amazing. amazing. It was a, it truly, truly <laughs> incredible. Like you're, you are so talented. Not only, I don't know, sorry, I'm like gushing about you because you're like, <laughs> Like, not only are you a, an amazing performer on stage and, like, just, you know, flawless and fun. And you're an amazing singer, too. Like, I hey. love to hear you sing. Oh, I did not know that. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So sing us something now. Oh, my God. Don't, you don't have to. You don't have to. <laughs> I don't know. What's your favorite audition song? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Ooh. No, what is that? I don't It's been a long time since I have auditioned for anything musical theater. I think I used to do on my own a lot, yes. which is yeah. so cliche. <laughs> it's like, oh, I need to find a different song. God. Uh, <laughs> and you also uh, are a very talented comedy writer. Yes. You did a pilot with um, a couple other pack people, Stephanie Streisand and Matt Harbour, mm-hmm. which was very funny. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Very talented group of people on that. Yeah. Cool. We had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so We're gushing. Talk We're, about. We're like gushing. We're like, um, I love you so much. Uh, um, Let's start from the beginning. So where were you conceived? Yes. No, I'm just- um, <laughs> so your parents fucked. Your parents yes. fucked once upon a time, probably somewhere in Arizona, because I was born in Phoenix. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was born in Phoenix, but like my family moved around a lot when I was really young, because oh. my dad's an engineer, and he worked for this company called Bechtel Power Corporation. Mm. Oh. And so he was working on like starting up new power plants. Oh. And so they would send him to different power plants across the country when they were like building them up or like if they were doing like big old renovations on them. And so um, usually like when for like the first eight years of my life, uh, we would kind of like move like once a year almost. Oh. Um, and so like I went to a different kindergarten, first grade, second grade. And then when we moved to Illinois in third grade, his job started sending him out on like different different like time length jobs. So it would be like four months, nine months. 15 months. And so my parents were like, well, we can't just like uproot them if it's not coinciding with the school year. Like they prioritize that. So oh. from like, I mean, my parents still live in Illinois. So like, you know, from from the time I was in third grade all the way through when I left for college, my dad was living elsewhere and then like coming home once a month or twice a month if he was close, like, you know, oh. just a state away um, to like to like go work on these power plants. And then like, you know, my mom was kind of functionally a single parent for most of my childhood. You know, I mean, not really, but right. Um, like in the day-to-day sense. And so it was really, it was really a really interesting upbringing. But like, e- even though like she, even though my dad was, was gone, like he called in every night, like he made sure like he would drive home once a month if he could, even if, even if it meant that he had to like basically take a week off of work. Like, he would drive home and then drive back. Oh. And then we would spend all of our holidays wherever he was. So we got to see a lot of different places. Oh, that's, that's cool. cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Like, when I was in eighth grade, he worked in England for Whoa. a chunk of time. Whoa, Ted Lasso. To, right? <laughs> so I had to go to England. And then, like, when I was in high school, he actually worked in the Philippines. My family's Filipino. Whoa. So I got to go to the Philippines when I was 16. And that's oh. the only time I've been. <laughs> wow. But you, so you got to travel, like, really a lot yeah. at that age. What kind of an impact do you feel like that had on you, I guess? 
I, I think like living kind of a semi-nomadic lifestyle in that way, like it, it gave me the sense of like you have to be able to roll with it at all times. You know, you yeah. have to be ready for like, you know, different different environment, different people, like all these changes. And then and then growing up in, with my family the way it was constructed, I was uniquely uh, qualified. Not uniquely qualified. That's a terrible <laughs> way to say it. I was like, I had like the right life experience to be like a, a partner to someone who maybe had to go out of town for stuff. And like oh. my my husband for a while in, with his job was going out of town to work on film sets and stuff. Uh, and so I would be home for like long stretches of time without him, you know, like a month or two months. That's a long time. It's a long time. It's a long time. It is a long time. But and it can put a strain on a relationship. Exactly. But yeah. because I had grown up with that and I knew what that was, like I was prepared for that. And that was never a problem for us. But oh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, so this is interesting. Uh, so then how did you get into performing and how did that work when you were moving around all the time? Did you perform at all when you were young? How did this work? How did when this did work? You, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, like we're Filipino and Filipinos love performing for one another. Yes. We yeah. love karaoke. Karaoke. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and that's a huge thing in our family. So, you know, I remember growing up and like visiting my, my fam I, had fam I had family in San Diego for a long time, visiting them on holidays. And then like, they'd bring up the karaoke mic. Yes. And we'd be just doing karaoke for hours. Well, hence the amazing singing. Yeah. That, yes. <laughs> I mean, or the, the, you know, chicken and the egg situation. Hey, you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But I always liked performing but I was also shy growing yeah. up especially because like we used to move around a lot so like ugh, having to like make new friends all the time like I was never good at like starting like initiating a friendship oh <laughs> yeah. yeah that makes sense because yeah. yeah how did you make friends how did I make friends it was always just like that one person who would just like say hello and like it, for me it's like it's hard for me to say hello but once like a conversation starts like I will get the ball rolling and then all of a sudden we're best friends and it's like we've never not been friends <laughs> but it's like that first just that first step like it's it's hard for me with like new people just yeah because um, I guess I'm shy I relate to that <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I like I'm terrified to talk to people but if somebody talks to me first I will yeah yeah go, tell me your entire life story yeah, exactly <laughs> just like we're doing now um I think I used to be like that and then at some point it was like I decided to be the be the be the person who goes up to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. like and try and be that. Yeah. Totally, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's that's something I try to like force myself to do every yes. once in a while, but it is it is hard. It is hard to like break out of that habit. But inside all of that, like wanting to be a singer from like a young age, I was like, oh, okay, I want to be a performer. And so that was like the beginning for me. And it really wasn't until I was in high school that I decided I liked acting too. Oh. Doing, I was on speech team oh. um, and then I did like choir and I did all the musicals at school. And then my senior year, no, my junior year, I got to be the lead in a play. And then my senior year, I got to be. Uh, Which play? It was Fools by Neil Simon. Whoa, oh, fun! Yes. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's like uh, a really sweet play. Yeah, the comedy was like very cute. And then like my senior year, I got to be Rosie in Bye Bye Birdie. <gasps> Sorry, I, I just can, like I can totally yes. picture you as Rosie. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. And then funnily enough, when I was in undergrad at Marquette University, I got to play Rosie again. <laughs> <laughs> You're like. I got this. Yeah, one. I know. I know this one. Yeah, um, but it's funny because like I went to school for biomedical engineering. I didn't go to what? school yeah, for performing. I reading that about you because like I, my parents wanted me to like get a good degree, 
I was going to be a doctor. Like that made sense. Like I was good at school. I, I had an interest in like science and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I thought, yeah, I could be a doctor. I could be like a pediatrician. Like that'll be, that'll be good. And then when I went to college, I, I first week at Marquette, I was like, oh, let me see what plays they're doing. That'll be fun to go watch some plays. Yeah. And then like this, uh, this senior comes up to me and it's like, I need, I need short, I need short girls for, for my play. <laughs> <laughs> he was basically, he was basically like, you're short. I'm doing Oedipus Rex. I need, I need someone to play Oedipus's daughter at the very, very end. You want to come cry in some guy's lap? And I was like, okay. What? <laughs> so like, yeah, first week at, at school, like I was cast in a play. I mean, I, I literally walked on, fake cried into some guy's lap and then walked back out. Oh my god! But I met my best friend on the show. She was playing the other daughter. Oh. Oh. That's so, so sweet. I know. And then like, so Carolyn and I met and then we became best friends and then we lived with each other for the next three years. It was fantastic. And so you, at the same time, you were studying biomedical engineering yeah. and probably like organic chemistry and all mm -hmm. that other crazy mm -hmm. shit. I had a roommate who was pre-med mm -hmm. and I was always like, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. You were also in rehearsals and doing yeah. plays. Mm -hmm. The whole time. So basically I, I would have been a theater major because I did every class you could take at the theater. Wow. I just couldn't I didn't have any more room in my in my very full schedule to take the like core classes for the College of Communications. Oh, okay. Because I was I belonged to a completely different college because I was in the College of Engineering. Right, uh, and you had completely different exactly all the core requirements yeah. were completely different. But my uh, one of my acting mentors, uh, the late Phyllis Ravel, she said to me at the beginning of my senior year, you know, you should go to grad school. And I was like, really? I was gonna go to. I was I, I need to study for my MCATs. <laughs> I should really think about that. She's like, no, 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 no. You should go to. You should go to grad school. You're you. You've got a future in this. And I was like, okay. So I I auditioned for grad school and I got into Cal Arts. What? Yeah. Did you go? I went to Cal Arts. Yeah. Oh my god! I don't know. I did not know that. So yeah. you have like an MFA. I have an MFA from Cal Arts. And is that how wow. you ended up in LA in That's the first place? I, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Right. So then, like, I have a. I, I finished my engineering degree. Then I got my MFA in acting. That's amazing. Are you our first MFA? Is she our first MFA in oh, acting? I don't know. Too much Maybe. weed. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I literally, people will tell me things that I did in college, and I'm like, get the fuck out. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah, dude, you did that. You did that, what bro. Hell, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> So grad school, and were you like, how did your parents feel? Were they like? They were less than thrilled because they were like, we just paid. It was kind of like, you know, twofold. Like, you were going to be a doctor. And now you want to be an actor? Like, that seems crazy. And then secondly, we just paid for your, like, college education with scholarship. Mm -hmm. um, now you want to take on debt to go to more college? What are you doing <laughs> for for theater? For theater? <laughs> for a thing you're not guaranteed to be able to pay back? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> and I, they mean, I don't know, like, I guess they trusted me to, to make good decisions because. Oh, yeah, you're smart. And, yeah. You know, I probably mean, you a good were going to be a doctor. I was yeah. going to be a doctor. And I was like, I think I did say at some point, you know, if it doesn't work out, I can always go back to med school. <laughs> Which is 100% <laughs> true. True. Yeah. yeah. But I definitely dangled that in front of my mom. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, okay, I just have to humor her for four years. Yeah, 
Mitch will go be a doctor. You basically, <laughs> but like after I left CalArts, I like I got my first equity show. I did a play with Annette Benning. Oh, what? okay, I saw this. You did Medea. Medea. At UCLA Live. Yeah, UCLA Live. That was your first. That was my first like equity show, Shut and that got me my door. equity card. And then you know there isn't a lot of theater in LA that pays equity rates. <laughs> 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 not a theater mm-hmm. town, not a theater no. town. So mm. I, I went back to my other degree and I found a job as a forensic scientist. Oh, what? okay. So you did kind of go back. I went back, yeah. Oh, okay. So I was a forensic scientist for like seven or eight years. Damn. Yeah. Oh, wait, I do remember this. Okay, yeah, so I did, I did accident reconstruction for a private company. So like because I was a, I was a, um, a biomedical engineer, I was kind of specialized in taking a look more specifically at like the biomechanics of, a, of an accident you know like how is the body moving when you know when the cars hit like what this is force, feasible this velocity yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. crunching numbers trying to recreate it uh and then make a cogent argument out of that whoa wow it's like um it's like it's like crime scene investigation but way less stakes <laughs> and way less blood yeah yeah but it was like it was an interesting job and i did that for like car accidents or like slip and fall cases okay okay like you fell off a staircase and you did that for seven years yeah but it was like hard on me a little because yeah you were like it took me a long time to understand why and it's because I was always reading about everybody's worst day. Oh, oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. And like, I don't know, like that's, that's that stacks up on your soul, man. Yeah. yeah. So at some point my husband Zach's like, you're not, you're miserable. You've got to get out of this job. And I was like, ah, but it pays the bills. I have student loans coming. And he's like, we're going to be fine. You want to be an actor. Let's figure it out. So oh. in like 2017 or 2018, I was able to like, cut the cord finally and like quit my job gotcha congratulations thank you thank you and it was mostly because my husband was like we've got we've got some money saved up like take a year or two see what happens and then if we need to you know if you need to go back or do something else like we'll figure it out and I was like okay yeah. but then luckily you know I I had built up at that point like voiceover work over the years like on and off I was doing voiceover on and off while I had this day like full-time job um, and I was lucky to have um, made relationships with like a studio uh, that primarily does like dubbing work, you know, and they would like bring me in for like small roles here and there. One time I got a lead role in, in like a live action foreign series, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was just cutting my teeth, like getting better at doing that. Um, and then one day I got a phone call saying that uh, someone wanted to hire me to do additional voices for Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I was like, oh my I'm God. sorry, what? No way. It was like came out of nowhere. But it was because the the um, the director from that studio that I work a lot with was also hired to be one of the directors for that game. And he needed additional voices. And so he he likes my work. So he asked, you know, asked me if I wanted to do it. And he's like, you'll be Taft Hartley. And I was like, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so that, amazing. So that's how I got tapped Hartley. Like it was like built up over like, you know, however many years of work and I got this one chance and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And then from there, um, uh, Rita over at Skylark Studios loved me in the room and she was like, uh, how are you not represented? Let me give your information to some people. And then a week later, I had an interview with my agents at Vox. Wow. So was that, you were doing that voiceover work while you were still working? Mm -hmm. So while you were working. While I was working. And I was lucky that this job was kind of flexible. There was a lot of, uh, there was a a big lack of oversight. So I had a lot of like time to do things on my own and I could do things on my own time as long as I was doing the 
things. As long as you finish. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Um, because it, uh, the way I was being paid was based on billable hours anyway. So like right. as long as I was clocking the hours I was doing, whatever. So I would, I, and I maybe, maybe shouldn't have, but I would, I would like take a long lunch to drive down to Howard Hughes Center <laughs> to uh, do some voiceover work and then come back and then do huh? work until like seven or eight in, in the evening. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That hustle. I, I mean, so much respect. Too. <laughs> yeah. So much yeah, respect. For sure. <laughs> um, I know. I can like barely hold one job and then do like sketch comedy on the side. And you were doing that. And you were also performing at the pack and yeah. probably taking classes. I, yeah. At one yes. point, I was doing all of that together. Yeah. And like now, like now that like we're like in the pandemic and like I only voice act basically, I look back and I'm like, how did I not die? <laughs> <laughs> How did I not die when I was doing all that? I don't remember how I had any energy. I'm always tired. And, and you did have you so much energy. Like, you, mm-hmm. you brought it to everything you did. So it was like, there was no even, like, like nobody would have known. Also, like, I'm sure it probably helped a little bit that... Zach, your husband, that he had been, you know, working and stuff that you, you like, didn't have to like go home all the time to maintain your relationship. Cause that's like so important in a marriage. Yeah. Like you have to make it time, time for, for each other. other. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, and it, it was, it was nice that he, he, he's in, in an industry that is, is adjacent to what I do, but is not exactly what I do. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. I've dated actors. We're actors. We're the yeah. worst. <laughs> Why is anyone dating us? <laughs> I mean, we're not, we're not, I mean, we're No, and I, I joke, like, you yeah. know, it's like, it's just, for me, I was like, oh, I already have enough ego as it is, like, to have yeah. another person with ego, yeah. and it's fine. Yeah. I mean, let's, some actors are the worst. Some, some actors, actors, actors are, are actually, actually the worst. worst. Some, yes, yeah. truly, truly. Um, <laughs> you never really know. It's hard to tell going into it. So true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I keep worrying that Jules is gonna be like, nah, be like, no, yikes, no, nah, man. Jules is solid people. Yeah, he's solid people. Yeah, Jules is solid people. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> thank God. I didn't get into comedy until 2015. Until 2015. Oh. So what was the spark? Did you take a comedy class? Okay, so like one of my best friends uh, from uh, is is one of my classmates from CalArts. Uh, Diana Reasonover. Sorry, Diana, I'm like totally name checking you. But she's one of my best friends, and like we went to grad school together. And she would always tell me, oh. You got it. Like you should take classes because she was she was going through like Second City and then UCB and then like she was like starting to really like hit it big and I was like I'm so happy for you like I can't do that and she's like what are you talking about you absolutely can just take a class yeah like for a long time I had this weird complex I was like I'm not funny I realize now that I was wrong but I have gotten into my head somehow that yeah. I was I was not a funny actor I was a dramatic actor I was a I was gonna be a musical theater actor which you are like you still can do it yeah. it's just that that range like you didn't no, I didn't know it was there. But I don't know. Um, Which is funny because I was doing comedies went, like all throughout this whole time. Yeah. But I never thought of myself as being like a comedian. And I think that's what stopped me was thinking of myself as a comedian. Yeah. Which like for whatever reason, I like barred myself from doing improv or sketch. Yeah. 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 Were you were you into comedy like growing up? Yeah. Was your family into it? Yeah. We love comedies. And I were love... you funny with each other? Yeah. That's the thing is like – 
I, yeah, again, like in my daily life, I think of myself, I'm witty, I can turn a phrase, I can make people laugh, but I never thought like, that's a, that's a profession that you do. Yeah. That's a profession right. that I do specifically. It's interesting how we get these ideas of ourselves. When did that idea of yourself start to shift? Um, it honestly started to shift when I forced my forced myself to take an improv class. And I was like, oh, I am a little funny. <laughs> oh, like first class. You were like, oh, I'm kind of like, good at this. I was like, okay, I'm not terrible at this. Okay, this is hard, but like, I, I, I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. And I kept reframing it for myself. Like, I'm taking improv as like, this is another tool for my like acting belt. And like, I will use this for like auditions and stuff. Don't <laughs> worry about it. And then I was like, oh, I want to be on a team. Like you're doing it. And the more you're doing it, I'm sure like the people you're like working with are just like eating you up like oh my god yes i want to work with you you're delightful yeah, yeah. you know it's just like all of a sudden I'm like oh yeah let's like start these little teams and then little teams that go nowhere yeah, <laughs> yeah. we all know that game oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but they're like they're not so really supposed to go somewhere no, right no. like they're just supposed to be yeah, they serve their purpose. They serve mm -hmm. their purpose. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Okay. And I, I honestly think that like taking those classes and like getting into comedy made me such a better actor than I ever was before. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, no, because like just uh, freeing myself from like the rigid, the rigidity of lines. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, yeah, thinking because mm. it, it made me think harder about like what's happening in the moment to moment, more so than like anything I could plan out if I was just doing like regular old scene analysis, like you know, yeah, like I was taught in acting school, which is great and it's valid and it, I still use all that today. But like the thing I learned most about acting from from comedy was just like the the comedy that lives in between the words. Mm -hmm. Oh. I want to quote you. Please like, do. I yeah. heard that come out of my mouth. I was like, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. Like, Just put that on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and for you, that's like, are you talking about sort of like reacting? Yeah. Like yeah. in those reactions and like, and especially with voiceover, like people, a lot of like casting directors and directors are so interested in, in, in reads that feel natural. Yeah. And they keep saying, be natural. I'm like, what does that mean? And mm -hmm. that means like, what are the what are the things that people do when they're talking like yeah. really naturally mm -hmm. you know like we put those like filler words in the the breasts the sighs the you know the little mouth noises that we make like all those weird things not just the oh can we think of a funny button that i can put at the end of a sentence right you know mm -hmm. that's also there but <laughs> yeah. yeah but like how do people how do people really how talk? People talk to each other yeah and you kind of have to get good at that in improv right mm -hmm. because people can cure it if you are trying to like fake a yeah. fake being real a real person in totally. improv yeah yeah an easy way to suss out it's <laughs> <laughs> a robot right there mm -hmm. not human <laughs> so when did writing get into it because you're a phenomenal writer Thank as well uh, that was through emily yes emily, emily brought me on to late nightmare that was my first time writing what was late nightmare late nightmare was emily candini's late night show that she did once i think she did it once a month at the once a month yeah once a month at the pack oh. that was a great it was so fun it was so fun what was what was cool she had a lot she had a live band on stage because she has she Whoa. came from second city and she was friends with you know uh she was friends with alex burke were you you were there for were you there for the Firefest sketch? I was I was out of I was on vacation because I remember oh. I sent in a video about me uh, yes. playing Emma Stone. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. She was playing Emma Stone back when. Remember oh Emma Stone was in that movie. Yeah. What was it called? Oh, Aloha. Yeah, Aloha. she was playing. Yes. Uh -huh. yep. Uh -huh. yep. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's so hilarious. hilarious. So that was uh, I think that was the show that I I used. <laughs> 
the piece of bread and I used it as a pad and I threw it at Reed on stage. Reed Bryce. It was like literally I had been free bleeding like I'd spent all day like free bleeding oh so I would God. be prepared and should could bleed all over this bread. Damn. Oh my God. Yeah. That was good. That was good stuff. That it was, was a good stuff. time. So it was yeah. a good show. It was a great show. Ooh, was, so that was your first experience writing? Yeah. Well, because she wow. brought me on initially as just an intern. It was me and, me and Stephanie were like her interns. So like our job was oh. basically to like help her coordinate with the guests and then build the desk. Okay. Right on. Gotcha. And then, yeah. and like, and then you know, of get any things that we need to do. And then she was always like, if you guys have ever ideas, just like pitch them. Like I'm open. And so one time I had an idea for like a, a, a dumb sketch. And she's like, yeah go for it so I, I shot it with nika nika mapson yes like if you're if you're a woman of minority and you're like and you're feeling like down like oh we've got like the cure for you it like makes your skin white it was yes. basically just white makeup just oh a white face God. yeah i gave her white face yeah. <laughs> and then yes. it basically turned her into like a middle-aged white woman it was very funny <laughs> yes oh my gosh the pack is amazing yeah. Just the comedy that happens there is amazing. I know. I love, I love it. And it's coming back. It's coming back. I'm, I'm excited. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I don't know. Although I'm like, I'm excited for it, but I'm also like, I don't know where I fit into it anymore. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. like my, sh the shows that I was doing there are like are done and I'm like, yeah. I'm ready to move on and do other things, but I don't even know how to do the other things anymore. <laughs> how do you do it? I don't know. Is belligerent going to come back? I don't think so. Okay. We, yeah, we we like finished our run a while ago, like yeah. before the pandemic. Yeah. So I think like we were we were done. It was oh. Have you been doing um Have you been doing sketch over the over the pandemic? The last time I wrote a sketch was for Austin Sketch Fest last oh, year. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, Royale did Austin uh, Sketch Fest. Oh yeah. yes. Virtually. Got, was it super? Did you guys have a good time? Yeah, we had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was oh. it was interesting because it was like uh trying to do it like doing live bits plus like video bits. I was like, okay, but I think it worked out. Cool. Yeah. Had Royale, were you guys coming back for the newer season of Sketch? We were, yeah. You were, right? We were, yeah. Are you going to be coming back for the next season of Sketch? I don't know because oh. I'm not going to be coming back. Oh, yeah. okay. Because yeah. you're busy. You heard it here I, first, I folks. I'm busy. Yeah, you you're, are so busy. Dude, you're your resume is like, pow. Yes. Hey. Yes, it <laughs> Thank is. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> like, truly. Like, you you are busy. Yeah. You got fans and shit. I know. It's I know. weird. Do you have, like, a fandom page? I, I, I started... Okay, so I started streaming on Twitch. And oh, then I started... Yes. And then I started a Discord server. Oh, my God. <gasps> just for me. What? That's so, amazing. Yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> official. I have people on a Discord server just for me. And they're so nice. Everybody's so nice. I love my, <laughs> I love my Discord server so much. Shoot, I'm going to get on there. Yeah, come to my Discord server. It's so dumb. Uh, I just renamed it because we were making puns. Oh, yeah, it's now it? Gensh and Impact. Stop. Yeah. Okay. Cute. I'm gonna um, also play Genshin Impact. I I was not a gamer growing up, um, but my fiance is, ah. and so he was getting me into gaming. And then I was like doing it with some friends. So I played Final Fantasy VII, the first one, for the very oh, first time yeah. last year, and I played the whole thing. I yes. like did all of it. I did all the chicken racing. I need to play it. Shoot, I haven't. My brother played it when we were growing up, so oh. I watched a lot of it, but I never actually played it myself. It's 
It's amazing. It's a great story. And I didn't know the story. Uh, and so the moment, the Sephiroth <gasps> moment was a surprise for okay, me. Okay, okay. And all of my friends were like, you're so lucky that you that somehow escaped your cultural lexicon uh, and you got to like experience that's so cool. that. That's oh. so cool. But so now I'm like super fangirling. I'm like, oh my God, you're in the Final Fantasy VII remake. I was in the remake. Oh I'm, like, I'm like 30 voices. <laughs> wow, that's so cool. I, I like was waiting to, I was like waiting to get the remake because they're like putting more out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, I'm just gonna get it now. I gotta play. You might as well because it's just all downloadable content. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah I gotta just start. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, so I don't. Excited. We don't have a PlayStation, so I can't play it yet. Oh, <laughs> someday when we have a PS5, it's PlayStation. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Are you an Xbox family? P- I have PC. Oh, PC. We're PC gamers, yeah. dorks. <laughs> well, Genshin Impact is on mobile and PC and PlayStation. Download it on Steam, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what any of this means. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Because like this just you guys just entered the twilight zone. No, I no. did not go with you. Keep 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 doing it. Uh, j- just like um just like video games, I prefer watching. <laughs> yes. yes, this is enjoyable to watch. Great, 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 great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But that's so cool that you have your own Discord channel. I love that. Yeah, that's really oh, sweet. Wow. wow, that's so cool. <laughs> okay, something we do for all of our guests is something that we like to call these are five things. Okay, first question. Yeah. We have five questions for you. First okay. question, your biggest influence in comedy. Oh, there's like <laughs> literally so many. So um, say many then. You don't have to say biggest. Oh, to... many. Yeah. Many. Uh, no, 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 no. no. Uh, one of my influences in comedy uh, is, it's Amy Poehler. Yeah. 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 You know, just like she brings such like, innocence and naivete to so many of her characters in a way that's they don't seem dumb but they're just so just like in love with the world and i love that i I love that energy she puts into into her characters and into the worlds that she creates like that's so cool that's a great influence also relatable yeah (laughs) yeah i love her yeah i love that amy polar story Probably that SNL when she said she was, yes. kept saying fuck and Jimmy Fallon's like oh, I don't like it when you say that and she's that's, like oh I fucking like, care what you like yeah he's like that's not cute yes that's not cute it's like fuck you yeah and that's what I love Amy Poehler because she does bring like a lot of innocence and like newness to her, her mm-hmm. characters but at the same time at the same time you know, she's a fucking oh, badass yeah. totally yeah. Yeah. 100%. yes. Yeah. Yes. But like Leslie Knopp, one of like my top five favorite characters of all time. Oh, oh, it, I mean, it is great. Yeah. It's fucking great. Ugh. I love it. All right. So uh, let's do, we'll start with worst and then best. Okay. I like the end on a high note. Worst cool. moment in comedy, best moment in comedy. Ooh. Uh, worst moment in comedy. I have probably long since scrubbed it from my brain. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind that shit. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I, it might have been one of the many times I used to talk about diva cops on stage. <laughs> I used to like I used to like talking about like about my love for my diva cop on stage. Uh, but that also might be best. So I don't know. I mean, that's good content. Right? It's also true and like we're all learning together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, we should like normalize talking about our bodily functions. Come on. Yeah. Yes, we should. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, especially that one, because I feel like we all talk about shits and parts yeah. and Let's burps. talk about periods. Yeah, periods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was so definitely one time where it like hard bombed and I was like, well, we're here, so. <laughs> so happy Monday. <laughs> so there wasn't like a like an experience that you go, oh, God, that was 
time. Well, no, there were some were like there were like I can't remember what days those were, but there were definitely some sets where you would leave the state, where I would leave the stage and be like, did we all collectively take a dump in the yeah. center of the stage? <laughs> like you know, like you know those nights were like, and you know, Monday nights at the pack can be hard to fill. Yeah, and right. then even more so, they can be hard to like get reactions out of a crowd. Right. Because yeah. a lot of times it's like kind of other teams watching. Yeah, and then mm. and like maybe one or two students who are yeah. who have to for class, and then you're just like, oh, if we were if we were all not feeling it to begin with, then watching each other not feel it is so painful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is so. So fucking painful. <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy with improv how you get into that space and it's, there's no, you know, it's You just, can't dig your way out. Can't dig no. your way out. Once you're in that bad, bad space, it's really hard to come out of that during your during, set. Yeah. 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 You almost want to be like, can we reset? Can yeah. we do over? Yeah. I, I guess you could. Over. I wish you could, yeah. You can, yeah. I think. Right? I think you really improv is the whole thing. Like, right, like you could just stop and be like, Okay, we got this is garbage. Let's start over. Yeah. New yes. energy. Yes. <laughs> what about best moment? Best moment? Other than the Diva Cup Other moments. than the Diva Cup moments. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite moments uh, with Belligerent, <laughs> we had this silly idea to like, um, to do, uh, to like interview David Rabinowitz. Oh. It was right after he won an Oscar. I was there for that, yeah. or that episode. Or, or was it, or was it Valentine's Day? We made him our Valentine. We made him no. our Valentine. That's what it was. I worked tech that night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we did, you know, like we like interviewed him and then we did scenes based on our interviews with him. But we were basically like, all, I think we all gave him a flower or something. It was like really silly. Yeah, oh, it was really awesome. sweet. But yeah, like just that kind of thing. I you know, for, you know, I think one of my favorite things about Monday nights is that even like all the teams, like everyone was so kind to each other, you know, like, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. Cause it, it doesn't always have to be that way. You know what I mean? But yeah. It was yeah. nice that the Monday night teams like supported one another. Okay. Uh, hype up a friend for us. Maybe somebody you'd like to see come on the podcast. Ooh. Uh, who would I like to see come on the podcast? Oh, there's so many. Uh, I would love you guys to interview everyone from Belligerent. Yes. Yeah. Have I you know. brought Danielle on yet? No. No, but I literally wrote her down. Okay, I wrote good. down uh, Deanna and uh, Danielle you and Emily. You, you absolutely should. Oh, yeah. You absolutely Emily. should have Deanna on, Deanna on as well. Patricia. Patricia Valletto. Patricia Valletto? Deanna's wife. Ah, yes. Is a fabulous comedian herself and she's a uh, she's super successful right now doing a lot of writing for animation oh very oh, cool yeah. hell yeah Heck yeah kype up belligerent like tell us tell us about like okay like belligerent was the all-female uh the all-female improv team uh house team at the pack theater once upon a time and we i loved that we were we were diverse we all came from such different backgrounds but like we all loved the same dumb humor <laughs> you know what i mean and then like our rehearsals were always just so fine because we were usually at paulina paulina lauren's house yeah. and like oh she my has god, paulina. Right, paulina she's doing so well did yeah. you see her post? oh my god her her announcement for her new role on this like is it star is it a star series oh yeah power book power book yeah oh i'm so pumped for her yeah um anyway but yeah she had uh her uh she had this dog Snickers, and Snickers was just like Snickers. our little team mascot. Snickers. He was so so cute. But yeah, just like like it was just so nice to be on a team that was like a hundred percent supportive of everything that everyone did. Like it was, it was a really cool room to be in every week. Like even if even if like we were rehearsing and it was just like not going anywhere, and Emily was like, "What are you guys doing?" 
then we could just like stop and reset and like, you know, laugh about it. And then sometimes it honestly just turned into us just like talking it out. Like what's going on? What's going on in everyone's lives? You know, like, and that was, that was such a nice space to be in. All female teams are the best. Right? Yeah. I <sighs> love it. I, I love it too. so much. I've been on most, yeah. most of the, I feel like most of the comedy I've done has been like all female teams and I am so glad for it. <laughs> I think most of the best comedy I've done has yeah. been on female teams. True. I mean, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like True. I love Royale and, and I think I've done great work on Royale, but there was a lot of a lot of sketches that I brought into Royale that like the team didn't know how to pitch on it. Yeah. And when I brought it in later that week to to my uh, agency rehearsal, it clicked. And all yeah. of a sudden it was a usable sketch. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm curious to hear your answer to this just mm -hmm. because uh, I feel like you've done quite a lot. But what is something that you have not yet done in your comedy career that you are looking forward to do or something that you're working towards or excited to do? Oh, one of my my, my one of my dreams, especially like with voiceover is to do a show like Bob's Burgers, something oh. on that level, you know, like a Bob's Burgers of Rick and Morty, something that's like a it's pre late animation, Western animation, and it's like adult, more adult. Yes. Um, and really leans more on like my like real self. And like my like biggest comedy self. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Because yeah. like I do like I love anime and I love video games and I love getting to play all these different characters. But you know, there's little bits and pieces of myself in them, right? Yeah. But like if I could do a show like Bob's Burgers, I feel like that I could really like really fucking kill it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you will. <laughs> you oh, will. I think it's just a matter of time. Knock on wood. Uh, hey. What is some advice that you have for either new comedians or comedians who are in the throes of it or both? It is not a race. And, you know, take as much time as you need to get to the places you're going. You know, like I'm 37. Yeah. <laughs> and I just hit, quote unquote, like notoriety at 36. You know? Yeah. There's time for all of us. Yeah. You know, and being comfortable. And, and it's so hard being comfortable where you are. Right. Yeah. Especially if you don't feel like you are reaching the kind of success that you're hoping for. But just know that all all the things that you're doing, as long as I mean, as long as what you're doing is in the service of like, what is you're trying to do? All those things are building up, you know, like people are noticing you people, uh, people. If you work with people who like you, they will remember you. Uh, that will lead to more work and that will lead to more work and that will lead to more work. I am proof of that. Hell yeah. That's, I think, some of the most encouraging advice I've heard. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's very, very encouraging. I'm just so lovely. Oh, so Thank lovely. You. You're so lovely. You're oh so gosh. lovely. That was like, you know when somebody says something, you're like, holy shit, I needed to hear that today. Yeah. I feel like that was that for me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel, happy to I be like, that I have like warm fuzzies oh. right now. That, that was like yeah. something I needed to hear today. So thank you. Yeah. yeah thank you. Heck yeah. Yeah. We're, we're just existing where we are when we're existing. Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, it's not a race. It's not a race. It's good because yeah. I suck at running. Right? I'm so slow. There was, yeah, no, because like there were so many years, especially like while I was doing all the things, like with my day job and trying to take classes and mm -hmm. trying to work, like feeling like I'm never going to get there. Like this is, I'm never going to be able to accomplish the things. But now that I'm here, I realize like, oh, it's okay. Those were, you were doing things. You were building yes. blocks the whole time. Yeah. Building relationships mm -hmm. with people. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, I, I don't think if I had, if I had quit my job any earlier, if I would have found any success any faster. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's interesting. Like looking back on that of like, 
wow, did oh I wasted all this time doing this. He was like, did, did you? you? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Or were you taking advantage of you know that income and that like set schedule and yeah. making it work within that. exactly and yeah. living a life, living like, a giving life. yourself experiences yeah. that you can like draw from later. Yes. So fucking congratulations on everything that you've got going on. <laughs> <Yes>. like, Thank it- you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, super stoked for when you are voicing a character on a Bob's Burgers type show. Fingers crossed. Oh, yeah. it will, it'll happen. It'll happen. Like, cause you're, you know, hot shit. No. And you're building that, right? You're building like, that. You're yeah. putting those building blocks and you're like manifesting yeah. these things. Yeah. You're working at it. Hell so yeah. It's inevitable. Yes, it is. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Oh, yeah. thank you so much for being here. Yay. Yay. Yo, that advice was amazing. I, I think about this all the time. Like I'm very, I'm old, you know, right. I'm taking my time yeah. and not for any other reason than I can't do it on any, any other way. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That I personally cannot do it any other way. It's taken a long time to get to that point where you realize like, oh, I'm not going to feel bad for any of that because I literally was doing the best that I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing what I can as I can. And I, I recognize that like, I am not where I want to be because it's slower than I want to be moving. But at the same time, like if I were moving a shit ton faster than I am right now, I don't know how I'd be like mental health wise. So I'm like, I'm okay with taking my time. Yeah. And it's really encouraging to hear somebody say like, yeah, and you can take your time and that space will be there for you when you're ready to fill it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I hope so anyway. I hope so too. Um, I do believe that if you keep at it. Yeah. And also, you know, don't, don't forget, like it's hard as you get older, it's harder because we're, we're more tired. We have, (laughs) you know, our, our brains aren't, aren't working. We don't have as much neuroplasticity as we used to. Mm -hmm. So things take a little bit more time as we get older. And that's accepting that is also really important. And like, um, not trying to hold yourself up to the standards of where you were and what you were capable of in your 20s. It's like, now it's like, it's not the worst thing in the world to be slower and a little more focused in what you are trying to achieve. Um, and also not forgetting at the same time that, you know, those same rules from your 20s can still apply to today, which is like creating your own opportunities and, yeah. you know, still still working at it and not giving up and still keeping it there, you know because you have to yeah, yeah yeah and if you don't want to anymore then yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can do an andra moldov and you can just get the fuck out gtfo bro <laughs> um i don't i know that i don't want that you know yeah. like that's one of those things like i know i don't want out of it because i want i this is the 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 arena in which i want to be successful yeah like i tried other things i worked in education i like worked in tech and so i know like it's like one of those things where you're like oh i've done other things so i know for sure that i don't want to do other things yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> i know for 100 percent sure i don't want to do other things yeah. this is what i want to do so yeah, yeah. Uh, my need for validation is too great so like <laughs> like uh just just the amount of people who have contacted me that like i don't really talk to very often like from back home like old friends that i've had who have reached out about seeing me on tv in a commercial is Hell like yeah. this is enough to keep me going <laughs> like Oh my God, if you haven't seen it yet, go on Amazon or go on YouTube and just watch anything 
anything that anything. has an ad. <laughs> and I'm in and it Nikki with will be in it. Uh, saying one line. People are very excited. It is sort of strange. It's exciting. Yeah, it is. You know, it is exciting. When, you're, it? when you live in Michigan and somebody you know, like from back in the day, you get to see them on TV. Oh my God, that's exciting. Yeah. Hell yeah, girl. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's, that's, I'm proud of you. Thank you so much. Crushing it. Crushing it. You know who else is crushing it? Um, is the Period Podcast Network, yeah. uh, which will be soon to change their name. Our name. Yes. I say their name, but it's not they. It is our it's it's, yeah. because um, we are a collective. We are a, a cooperative, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. And so with that being said, it's kind of cool. Um, we're actually opening up the network is opening up its name change to our audiences as well. So if you are somebody who listens to uh, this podcast or any of our other podcasts on the network, feel free to like reach out. Um, You can follow the period podcast network on Instagram. Feel free to DM or DM us and say like, Hey, I've got this idea for, you know, I think you guys should be called this. Uh, You can also shoot us an email. Our network or our podcast email is comedygirlcrush at gmail.com. So Shoot us an email there. Yeah. Also, if you just want to give us feedback that way, yeah. uh, you're more than welcome to. You're, Please. Pl- reach out to us there if Please. you want to. You know, find me at home. <laughs> find me at home. Tell find me how Nikki we're doing. at home. Don't find me at home, please. No, no. <laughs> I, just, I want to see you. <laughs> I want to see you so bad. Come over. Let's hang out, okay? Hey, y'all. Keep, Keep crushing, crushing it. it. Comedy Girl Crush was created by Nikki Urban, is edited by Kate Siegel, is produced by Kate Siegel, Mackenzie Mazel, and the Period Podcast Network. Our music is by Rena Hunter, and our artwork is by Ariel Alter.